Every Sunday morning in the tiny Episcopal Church in Plainfield, New Jersey, where I grew up, we recited the Nicene Creed. And the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven. Many years later, I heard retired Episcopal Bishop John Shelby Spong tell of a conversation he once had with famed astronomer Carl Sagan on the subject of Christ's ascension. If Jesus literally ascended into the sky, Professor Sagan calculated and traveled at the speed of light, then he hasn't yet escaped our galaxy. <laughs> to the ancients, it seemed obvious that heaven was up there, beyond the moon, behind the sun, above the stars. But we have been to the moon. We've probed behind the sun. We have searched deeply among the stars. And we have found no heaven there. Maybe we've been looking in the wrong place. We yearn for wholeness, for completeness, for forgiveness for the peace which passes all understanding. And we don't know where to find it. And so we climb and climb Jacob's ladder where every rung goes higher, higher, straining our limbs to gain the heights believing with our sturdy Puritan forebears that joy must be earned, must be earned through discipline and exertion. But Christians lately have begun to rethink the theology of ascension. Truth is deep and not shallow, observed 20th century theologian Paul Tillich. Suffering is depth and not height. The name of this infinite and inexhaustible depth and ground of all being, Tillich declared, is God. The person who knows about depth knows about God. Franciscan Richard Rohr sees in Jesus' teaching a message of descent. A message of descent. A simple message of humanity, vulnerability, and nonviolence. The way of the cross, Father Rohr points out, looks like a way of failure. In fact, you could say that Christianity is about how to lose and win. How to let go creatively, how the only real ascent is a true descent. How to let go creatively. Maybe you've heard the story of the hiker who slips over the edge of a cliff 
Desperately, he reaches out and seizes hold of a branch. Looking up, he sees a sheer rock face. Looking down, he sees a straight drop to certain death. Lifting his face heavenward, the hiker calls out, I've never been a religious person, but if there's anyone up there, please help me. A voice echoes from the heavens. Let go. The hiker hesitates. Then he calls out, Is there anyone else up there? Episcopal priest Stephen Bonsi tells this story to bring our awareness to all the attachments we cling to. Cling to even at the cost of salvation. And by salvation I mean the word in its original sense of healing and wholeness. Drugs, alcohol, pornography, these addictions society frowns upon. Religious convictions, political ideologies, relationships, overwork, the demands and expectations we place on ourselves and others, these can be equally addictive, the more so because they are socially respectable. Whatever it is we cling to, letting go is terrifying. It threatens everything we know, everything we think we are. When I let go, Bansi acknowledges, I will fall to my death. Life as I have known it will come to an end. There will be pain and sorrow. Something precious will be lost. Something that I rely on for safety, consolation, or strength will be taken. I will be left defenseless, powerless, bereft. But life life compels us to let go. Life compels us to let go because it refuses to conform to our convictions our ideologies, our demands, and our expectations. Whatever we rigidly cling to deceives us and eventually betrays us. Again and again, Bonsi says, because I have had no other choice in fear and trembling, I have let go. I have fallen to the rocks below. And I have fallen through them. I have come to so many ends and found that it isn't over. Below those rocks there is death, loss, and solitude. There is silence. There is Nothing. And in that nothing, something 
wells up. There is life. Not survival, but something new. You and I are tossed on waves of fear, insecurity, and egotism, buffeted by disapproval, disagreement, opposition, and anger. We ourselves are these waves. Buddhism teaches us that we are not only waves. We are also water. We dwell on the surface, but we belong to the depths. When we are beset by the tumult on the surface, we can drop down, descend to the depths beneath where there is stillness, where there is peace, where we are stillness, where we are peace. We can do this on a meditation cushion, in a city park, waiting for a bus, waiting for sleep. There is an ocean of peace in each of us, says Zen master Thich Nhat Hanh. The wave can lead the life of a wave, or the wave can live the life of the ocean. If the wave bends down, if the wave bends down and touches its true home as water, all fear will end. May we bend down and touch our true home. May we let go of the attachments that hold us in their power. May we descend into heaven. Amen, ashe, and blessed be.